0: Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowery. I'm a sports nutrition and exercise fizz professor, and I'm a former uh, competitive bodybuilder.
1: And for all you Fortress haters out there who thought you lost me, I'm back. But Ah. is there there any Fortress haters? Well, I guess there's probably quite a few. But anyway, Fortney, Rob Fortress Fortney, I'm back. And, geez, what's all the stuff, Lonnie, I used to do? I think I used to be involved in the sport somehow.
0: Journalist, uh, right,
1: right, right, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Strength, uh, colossal or titan or something like that,
1: right, right, metal, <laughs> metal
0: expert par excellence.
1: There you go, something, so, like that. Anyway, so we, yeah, have, so, so we have another back, guy so.
0: here who's,
2: yeah, this is Phil Stevens. Oh, I'm a, I actually coach people so I can call myself a coach, um, and I run Strength Guild, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete. I want to say, um, Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife yesterday, and happy birthday to her and my daughter Genesis today. So it's a busy week around here, but there you go. I want to shoot those two things up. At there. the Stevens compound there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, cool. Hey, yeah, and you're,
1: and you're, and you're, and you're going to need some freaking like uh, militaristic compounds pretty soon. Once, once your government stays, stays in hiding for a couple of weeks, you guys
2: are going to... We're thinking about seceding, all five acres of us. Here. Yeah, we're yeah. just gonna secede from the union and create our own country. Are you gonna yeah. have your own flag and stuff? Yeah. Have,
1: have yeah. you been thinking? Because you're you're good with graphics and stuff. So like, uh, yeah, I got a Yes, that's
0: funny.
1: Hey, don't laugh, Lonnie. You're probably gonna want to g- grab the clan and head over there soon yourself once shit yeah. really hits the fan.
0: Well, yeah, when things go south badly, you know, that's the plan. We've always had the plan, you know, get a couple of strong, smart people and start some kind of um, defensible yeah. compound. Let everybody else die and starve.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and with Philly, you, you have all that plus a squat rack. Yeah. There you go. I mean, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. I do have a basement full of uh, protein and creatine, so that'll keep us going, too.
2: <laughs> ah, it's like MREs, dry, just rehydrate
0: the food. He's
1: going to be, like, yeah, going across country with freaking back of his car full of, like,
0: protein tubs. Yeah, like white powder f- blasting, flowing out behind my car all the way down <laughs> <behind>. <laughs> uh,
2: Well,
0: While I'm laughing, yeah, come get me! <laughs> I'm on my way to the Stevens States of America. Yep. And there I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm not, it's not illegal for me to be extra male down there. I can have
2: more than 40 grams
0: of protein. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, we are badly tangent. <laughs> Let me share a little bit of news, and then we're going to talk about the Mr. Olympia as well. But just this is the one little bit of science news that I've seen. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, this was released from UT Southwestern Medical Center at, at the end of September says, study unlocks origin of brown fat cells that are important in weight maintenance. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but in the past, um, researchers thought that brown fat, which is not white adipose tissue, but it's another kind of fat cell that really burns extra calories, uh, that that really wasn't important in adult humans, maybe in babies, maybe in some animals, but... Uh, They really changed that quite a bit. It says, uh, much of the current excitement in the obesity field stems from the recent observation, highlighting that even as adults, we have the ability to generate brown fat cells in response to cold exposure. So what they did here is they exposed uh, different kinds of cells to uh, animals like high-fat diets, cold, uh, and things like that. Um, It says brown fat cells in adults tend to be randomly interspersed in the subcutaneous white fat, with a trend toward increased accumulation in the upper chest and neck areas. In general, brown fat tissue makes up just a small percentage of total body mass or body fat mass. So, again, small percentage of what you've got going on, but if you can wake up baby fat cells like pre-adipocytes and differentiate them into brown fat instead of basically a gas tank for, you know, white fat kind of thing, then you'd be way better off. You know, you'd be a fat-burning machine. It says... When mice were exposed to high-fat diets, significant differences uh, between the types of white fat deposits were observed. The subcutaneous fat deposits took uh, their existing white fat cells and made them bigger. Uh, There was no new brown fat cells forming, though, during that. Only when exposed to cold did new brown fat cells appear. And actually, ages passed when Rob and I worked for uh, a supplement company-supported a website. I actually interviewed one of my old mentors who was an environmental physiologist, and she was talking about how cold raises your metabolic rate, and as long as you don't shiver, uh, you just you burn lots of fat, and you can actually see that with a metabolic cart in the lab. So not only acutely do, do you burn fat, apparently it encourages brown fat cell formation. Uh, I mean, it's interesting now, because I remember
1: you down there when would be like freezing. You, like you were, you were a champion of never wearing a winter jacket. And, and you used to always say to me, oh, you know, I'm just going to help keep me lean kind of a thing.
0: Oh, right, yeah. And I was yeah. thinking more along the lines of higher metabolism, you know, and fat burning at the moment. But this is suggesting that you actually start to form brown fat cells. So they're not suggesting people freeze their butts off. I mean, I've even toyed with the idea of, I don't know, maybe swimming in cold water for your cardio as you get ready for a bodybuilding show would be more effective just because it's cold, you know, or, uh, so they're not telling you how to do it, but it's neat that they're showing the the potency of cold weather. Uh, if you, if you do something like outdoor hikes or that sort of thing, though, if you have any pr- appreciable muscle mass, you're probably not going to bundle up too much anyway, because you're going to overheat, but, uh, it could be the wise thing to do. Now, not, I'm not saying go out in the freezing rain like a fool, you know, but you go outside where it's cold, and instead of over-bundling, like Rob was just saying, you know, you, you put on a T-shirt or something a little bit less protective. You get, kind of get back to nature. It's almost a paleo kind of thing, maybe. And, um, yeah, you could actually encourage more fat cells, brown fat cells, to form.
1: Think of the main character as a young man in the movie 300, hunting the wolf in the middle of winter.
0: There you go. In a loincloth?
1: Yeah, man. Maybe and, and he, he turned. He turned out. He turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've got. All right. Well, good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about the Mister Olympia. Program.
1: Oh my God, it's very exciting. I, you know, um, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are young enough not to be as enthralled by te- technology like I am, but. You know, Lonnie certainly will remember. Remember back in the '80s and early '90s and stuff, where they had in, um, you know, the, the popular muscle magazines, the, uh, you know, the toll number, Lonnie, that you could get the instant results for the Mr. Olympia.
0: Yeah, you'd have to pay big bucks to call. Yeah, it was yeah, like to get the $5. results
1: five ninety nine a freaking second or something like that to get the top ten <laughs> yeah. results. Yeah, And and I remember me and my friend, long before I even knew you, Lonnie, you know, we used to get so excited back in high school and stuff in the 80s, you know, we'd have that number ready and, you know, call and, oh, my God. Anyway, where I'm going with this is, you know, now you just find all these freaking links and you just watch the thing live on the net. And, again, I know lots of our young listeners are going, duh, but it's it's still kind of cool to me. So I've done that for a few years that I haven't actually been there. So anyway, yeah, so I did watch... I didn't watch the whole thing cuz I couldn't. I was actually at work, but I watched when they were introduced uh by Bob um of course who was emceeing again.
2: Um um
1: Bob uh, Chicharillo, of course, who we've actually had on the show as a guest. Yeah. Um so he was emceeing uh, MC again and he I saw when they, he was introducing them and they were coming out doing their little uh you know, whatever they call it, you know, 60 second uh posing before they kind of got into the meat of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, as a lot of, most of you also probably know, four-time Mr. Olympia, Jay Cutler, actually made good on his promise to return, and he did return, and for his efforts, he got sixth. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. and by most accounts, he probably shouldn't have even gotten that. Anyway, um, Philip Heath, Phil Heath, um, I think he scored his third, I think he was his third Olympia title. Third, he, yeah, yeah, um, Kai Green, um, who's a kind of a been a buzz pro for the last several years. He took the runner-up position. Um, Dennis Wolf, who's been kind of again, uh, you know, champion kind of the European contingent thing. He came, came in third. Um, Sean Roden, fourth. Dexter Jackson, of course, who actually has won Mr. Olympia under his belt a few years ago. He oh, was fifth. In
0: 2008, I think, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, Jay Cutler, again, four-time Mr. Olympia returning, dropped down to sixth. Um, seventh was, uh, I never can say this guy's name, Roly Winkler. Um, eighth was the kind of the biggest buzz outside of Cutler returning, which was... Um Mamdu Else I can never say his name Elsby, but of course everybody calls him Big Raimi. Okay. Um, when he shocked winning uh I think I think he won his first pro show in this past season and I think the New York pro or something. Um just a just a monster of a man, like you know, two hundred and eighty pounds or something on stage, under six feet tall. Branch Warren, who is a kind of like a perennial favorite and a multi time um, Arnold Classic champion. He came in ninth, and then running out the top ten was Lionel Bayat. So that's a, that, that's kind of an interesting kind of rundown of everything. And, you know, the whole Jay Cutler thing, I mean, everybody knows that he kind of, when he, when he was going to compete a couple of years ago, he kind of pulled out at the last minute claiming that he had a biceps injury or something like that. And people on the net were stipulating that it, it wasn't or was fabricated or he didn't want to compete, whatever. I mean... You know, harkening oh. back, back to days of, you know, Flux Wheeler saying that he had to pull out because he was attacked by ninjas on the way to the auditorium right. and stuff. <laughs> right. And yeah. of course, we, yeah. got, we always have to bring that up every once in a while because it's just classic. But anyway, yeah, watch um, those yeah. so Jay Cutler, um, again, did come back this time. He shrunk massively last year. And by all accounts, he probably didn't give him, himself enough time. Um, certainly, his training, which has never been that impressive in the first place, um, all the training videos that he's been posting or, and that have been posted the last few months have been anything but exciting. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest criticisms of Jay is that he's kind, kind of boring in a lot of ways. Certainly, his training speaks to that. Um, he was not nearly as full nearly or full. big. Um, his symmetry, and I use that word properly, and most people in Bodybuilding use the word. Symmetry wrong, and we've talked about this too. Most people, when they talk about symmetry, actually mean proportion, right? Um, but in the truest sense, Jay Cutler's symmetry was is off, and um, just like Ronnie Coleman, and you know, you know, as far as like you know his his right quad is definitely atrophied significantly, and it's certainly not the same you know dimensions as his left. Um, his arms, which were never really his particularly his strong point, look really bad. His chest. Has lost a lot of depth to it. Um, oh. His his back was very subpar. Um, of course, in a lot of Olympians are won, won or lost on the back, and Lonnie, you know that very well. Um, he had you know a lot of wrinkling in his skin of his low back. Um, he just didn't look. I mean, you know, like was was he conditioned? Yeah, but he's got a wide waist, and when he's not fully massive as he can be and has been. His wide waist obviously plays more to a negative impact on right. his f- physique. So that certainly was like that. And when you see comparison shots between him and Big Ramy and stuff, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's it's stunning. But, I mean, you, you know, there's always criticisms about the placing and bodybuilding. And you really have to. I mean, and this goes dates back all the way to, you know, like 20, 30 years ago in the sport the sport when guys like, you know, Frank Columbo was reclaiming his title and Arnold reclaiming the eighty Olympia. And I mean, there's been so many controversial yes. decisions and bodybuilding. This this Mr. Olympia is certainly no different. I mean certainly i am not as emotionally invested in a lot of these modern guys as I used to be because as we've discussed, of course, you know, I mean when you are you're young and fresh and stuff, you know, you kinda idolize these guys more. But the point being is I still do follow it. And I'm telling you, some of these placings are just I don't really get it. Philip Heath, of course, has got these kind of Ungodly arms, but you know a big criticism is his wit is just not there. And when you yes. look at him in comparison, he doesn't have great width. Okay, true. Kai Green, of course, lot a lot of muscle. Just can't seem to. He just I don't know. To me, he just doesn't never seems to have the wow factor on stage. He looks wow in the gym, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't seem to be able to come in and. I don't know. There's something missing there. Dennis Wolf. You know, the guy, a criticism for, for him that I, I do agree with is that he's um, consistent in his conditioning, but he doesn't seem to ever improve. Um, his calves have been kind of um, made fun of in the past and so forth, and their lack of shape and so forth. Okay, but he just doesn't seem to um, improve at all. He's I think his, you know he looks bad in certain, in certain poses where he looks phenomenal in other poses, but I guess you could say that about a lot of bodybuilders. Dexter Jackson... Again, just like uh, Dennis Wolf, guy never changes. He always looks great. He's always in shape. Never gets smaller. Never gets bigger. (laughs) Like, (laughs) nothing changes at all. You know what I mean? Um, Jay Cutler, we've discussed that already. I think, you know, I think it's a lot of reasons why he's just fallen. I think, obviously, age has to do with it. Um, You know, he's in his 40 or... In 40, whatever he's forty. I 40. wondered
0: about that. Yeah. Um, but
1: but you know but maybe that can play out in some things. But you know what? When you think about it, Ronnie Coleman was kind of hitting his pot. Um, you know his peak when he was you know a year or two older than freaking Jay is now. Well, you so, know,
0: Rob, that, this comes back to what we've said before. It, it depends on whether you're forty and you've been doing this for twenty years. You've been on heavy back to back cycles in GH and you've got the belly and all that. Versus when you're a little fresher. Uh, or you know you're newer to the really pro level amounts of pharmaceuticals. And I, and you know I what think, I mean? Because I mean, look at yeah. people like Chris Dickerson who won at 42 or 43, or like you said, Ronnie Coleman. Um, so it, I think it's almost time spent at the professional level of pharmaceutical yeah. use more than it is years by themselves. Well, and
1: I don't think you know. I think part of the reason he shrunk so much a year, year and a half ago, or whatever, is is I think he was. We'll never know what his, you know, but you have to think to yourself: Is the guy thinking maybe you know I'll let my receptors or something kind of freshen up a little bit, or that kind of thinking? Yeah. Um, But the problem is, is like I said, a lot of people are saying it, and I agree with this as well. If he was going to make his comeback, I don't think he had gave it enough time to kind of reclaim what he had lost. Um, You know, the second time around, as you know, guys, I mean, you know, it's easier to keep going and maintain at least a semblance than it is to stop, regress a ton after 20 years, and then try and better what you achieve when you were, you know, having that mm-hmm. run. And I think that's massively hurt him. And quite honestly, like I say, even though the guy was never, a, you know, a, an inspiring weight trainer, you know, I mean, his training was just bad. I mean, single leg, partial leg presses on those stupid Nautilus machines, mm-hmm. like, like, really, and you're thinking, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, if you, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, if you want to be Mr. Olympia, you got to train like Mr. Olympia. And people say, oh, well, you know, you know, uh, you don't need that. You just need the response, of, genetic response to drugs and, you know, enough blood and the sets and it doesn't... Really, you know, to a degree, but I, you know, even if he couldn't have come in the way he maybe <coughs> once appeared... I can't help but think that if the guy would just buckle under a four or five hundred pound squat bar, ass to grass, and do that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't seem to have the passion anymore. It's it's like it's it's like it's like we've discussed so many times. It's easy, even if you love something, it's easy just to let things become, you know, just the motion, you know, and forget kind of forget the passion. Even you might even still have the passion, but you've kind of forgotten it. You know, you've kind of lost focus of the... It's interesting what
0: you're saying, Rob, about inspirational trainers, because even some of the smaller guys in the past I thought were cool to watch or look at photos of them in the gym, guys like Dickerson or or Frank Zane or some of those guys, Um, or God, look at Ronnie Coleman. I mean, ridiculous numbers, redonkulous weights that he would use, and they were fun to watch, you know, and I'm not sure. There's something about the charisma or the passion like you're saying uh and i don't know and you're right it was it's a good observation you said maybe because we're older we're less enamored you know we're less starstruck by the current group whereas in the past in the 80s or early 90s maybe we were but or look at dorian i mean i don't know uh, if you watch the training videos side by side i i would guess the the guys now don't seem quite as exciting um I mean, I've seen some videos of Phil Heath, and they may not be representative, but he's doing, like, partials, like, third rep range of motion, you know, for his arms. His arms are so big, they're almost stupid. I mean, literally, I put a picture up on the Iron, on the, uh, Iron Radio Facebook page a couple of months ago because I'm like, that's not Photoshopped, you know. It, they're so massive. I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about them. But yeah. when I watched him do those curls, I'm like, is that all it takes? Is a little bit of tension in the mid range?
1: Um, yeah. he, I'm sure a, you're talking about Heath,
0: Phil Heath's arms, yeah, Phil. Heath's yeah, arms. I mean, training you video. know,
1: he's again. I mean, he's just there's no balance. His arms are so big. I mean, he's got a great physique, but it almost is like his arms are, you know, like five years in front of the rest of his, himself. Now, you know, Kai Green talking about training. I've seen some training videos where he. He gives her a little bit, you know, and he, he can press a lot of weight and stuff like that. So, you know, hats off to that. Um, he is massive, really right. massive. And yeah. you know some guy <laughs> who actually does train, seemingly, with a lot of heart and blood, sweat and tears, and he actually trains in Ronnie Coleman's old haunt down in Arlington, Texas? Of course, is Branch Warren, yeah. who d- dropped to ninth this year. The problem with Branch Warren, in my eyes, is that although he trains, he sweats, and he grits, and he goes at it in the gym... His training is just horrific, in my opinion. I know you know people would you know suggest, oh, well, you know it's where it's gotten him and so forth. But you know, he really, his training is just kind of. Although he has the heart and the drive in his training, it's so sloppy. It's so mm. bad. It's just mm-hmm. so bloody bad. And it, I don't know. I mean, certainly from an injury, you know, injury prevention standpoint, I can't think that. You know, and here's a guy that has been injured several times in the past. That that's the one thing
0: knows. I liked about Branch was he had a little bit of that, not to the same extent, but some of that grainy Dorian hardness to. And turn, you know, people
1: and people say, you know, because you know he, from an aesthetic or like shapely standpoint, he really doesn't have anything beyond looking like a box, right? But yeah. what he has and what has given him, I mean. Is I mean, if you look at him when he was when he was a national competitor, like you know, like thirty pounds ago, he he had so much more flow and aesthetic, you know, grace to his physique. Now he's got so much mass, and what he gets by on is the graininess and the conditioning. But that's not flying anymore. Although this is something I also want to talk about, you really have to wonder what the judges are looking for. I mean. Yes, I understand conditioning and all that. You know, you know all these words that are used. You know, he he was dry and he was you know ripped and he was this and that. I mean, all those terms have I think have and 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 those attributes have superseded what I think should be even more you know heralded in in these kind of competitions, which is was just shape. You know, I mean, as long as the person is in a reasonable. Condition and when I say reasonable, it, it's it's still pretty ripped, you know. But I think they I think they really do um, um, reward excessive conditioning over superior shape and aesthetics and balance. I mean, certainly when you're talking about some. Well, of I think
0: that when that becomes a real travesty is when it trickles down to the the an amateur ranks and the guys are placing uh, very well. I think I remember uh, talking about this about a year and a half ago, but one of the guys who, um, he actually got some booze. He was a really nice guy. I felt bad for him, but he beat guys that weighed 80 pounds more. And these other the bigger guys were in shape, but this guy was in ridiculous shape. I mean, like striations on his serratus ripped, but he weighed like 154 pounds. And I'm like, you know, yeah. No, you know, at, at some point you, you, the body building has to supersede the conditioning. And at the pro level, it's more of an issue of did they balance the drugs and the nutrition right? I suppose at the uh, at the amateur level, sure, there's some of that too, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, just starving yourself down to emaciation.
1: And well, and I've often said, of course, as you know, bo- I won't body. do it. I won't do it. Yeah, in bodybuilding, of course, you have to the mass has got to be present, but. I think you guys would probably agree with me. I'd rather see a guy who's you know five foot ten, five foot eleven, and in pretty damn good shape with great shape at two hundred and forty pounds, you know, than a guy who's you know five foot eight, two hundred seventy five pounds, shredded out of his mind, but he has the aesthetics of a freaking, you know, box. Um, Yeah. You know, that's just me. You know, I just want to say because I would feel bad if I didn't say this. Certainly, there was the two hundred twelve pound Mr. Olympia um, category and Flex Lewis won that, David Henry was second, Kevin English third, Jose, Jose Raymond fourth, um, anyway, and on and on. But we also want to talk a little bit, um, by the way, I mean, as far as the Miss Olympia, you, you know, is there, is there any females that are listening to the show right now that actually give a crap about that? And if there That's is, a question. and if there is, We'd like to hear from you, so write to us. Because I'm not trashing on anything. I'm just that, That's not here nor there. I'm just wondering if anybody cares. Because it seems like nobody, inclu- including the powers that be, give a rat's ass anymore about female bodybuilding. No. So, the, so well, there's
0: so many categories, right? Well, and this, is, this, figure, bigger, this, fitness.
1: Is, this yes. is where I'm kind of segueing into I mean, the whole idea is that... And this is another criticism that I also share with a lot of people... It kind of it, it, all these different Olympia categories now are diluting the Olympia title, in my opinion, because as you're saying, Lonnie, I mean, you know, now there's multiple male Olympia categories, you know, and and the female categories are, I mean, you know, I mean, you have, yeah, you have Miss Olympia bikini figure, um, what was the Say one, uh, fitness, fitness, Olympia fitness, and Miss Olympia, like the bodybuilding, and you look at a lot of these women and. What the hell are they
0: judging these women on? How can you how can you separate physique? You know? You know what, Rob, that's a good point and I wanna to touch on this. Let's go to break real quick. We'll come back, we'll continue some of the Olympia discussion. How about that? Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now because they have an agreement with vital book uh you can actually download the ebook for 69 us dollars so that's 31 percent off the 99.95 uh cover price so that's pretty fantastic 69 dollars i think that's gonna drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people and you can even rent it Uh, lower down the page they have 180 day rentals and one year rentals so you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information so thanks Okay, everybody, we're back. It's Phil and Lonnie and Rob. And we're talking about the Mr. Olympia. And Rob was just talking about the dilution, uh, maybe, of the potency of the title Mr. Olympia. Because there's there's like eight categories of, between the men and the women. And, yeah. I mean, it's sort of, um, especially with the women, I wanted to make a quick comment that I'm glad that I didn't have to compete as a woman. Because nowadays, I mean, for a guy, it's still basically... Get as big and as hard as you can. You know, uh, with the women, it's like, what's the degradation between, um, you know, the degrees between, that is, bikini and figure, or figure and fitness? It's like, oh, honey, you, you're too hard, or you're too soft. Well, you know, I watched, I watched a
1: dozen of the women compete, and I know it wasn't the, the Miss Olympia, but I don't know whether it was, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the bikini, And I'm only saying that because of what they were wearing. But I have really no idea. It could have been bikini. I certainly, it could have easily been fitness or figure. I don't know. What I do realize is that the women were doing this thing that I had never seen before, and maybe I'm just late to the game with this because I haven't been paying attention, but they come out and they turn around in their high heels or whatever, in their bikini-like bottoms, and they thrust out their butt, in Rob, such a listen to this
0: weird I, way and it's not it's not even sexy it's just Well, it I think looks... it's hypersexual in a way. The last time that I competed, Kelly was sitting in the crowd and I told her that rule that you and I heard the professional judge say years ago, which is the one that, you know, cocks out her rear end, the one that you want to basically have sex with the most, she wins. And Kelly put that to the test and she nailed it again and again. The cutesy ones that were this like hyper-sexual presentation kind of thing, cocking out the rear end the farthest, they won. And she's just like in the crowd laughing because she's just got a 100% success rate with this. And it makes me wonder, um, I mean, maybe it's just happenstance, maybe there's just parallel something else going on there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, when I heard that professional judge talk like that, I'm like, you know, these women, some of these women take this, very very seriously they do yes, a they whole do. year yes, competition cycle you got some fat half drunk <laughs> bastard you know who's saying oh uh, I want to do her the most you know she wins That's it. I, I just can't, I can't even fathom how hacked off I would be if it was like in reverse where some you know fat half drunk woman was not judging me on specific criteria but on whether or not she wanted to have sex with me you know what I mean now, I know that there's a certain amount of sexiness and presentation and charisma to all this, but w- wow. But you know what, <laughs> it, it,
1: it all follows in line, because as we were talking before the show, you know, they have the, the, the men's physique. Is it, is it called men's physique now, Men's Kyle? physique. And, and, I mean, I'm sorry, but wasn't bodybuilding at the physique show? I, I don't know. And then you get these guys coming out here, and like they're wearing board shorts. And clearly their conditioning has been aided by... Hormones Drugs. and chemicals.
2: Yeah. So,
1: at what point does that now stop the trajectory towards just bodybuilding?
0: Well, let me, let me read you something from MrOlympia.com. It says, For athletes who preferred a more streamlined look, classic look, men's physique was the perfect platform to fulfill their competitive dreams. And thanks to the overwhelming number of both competitors and supportives or supporters at each successive contest, Men's physique has made it all the way to the Olympia stage. So that's their reasoning for it. Mm. Uh, well, you look
2: at them, and it looks like all their training, well, 90% of it is freaking delts, arms, and pecs. Yeah. From there yeah. down, they're just lean.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, under, <laughs> under the nipple, they're <laughs> just lean. They were <laughs> mocked. I, and I talked about this a couple of years ago, but when I was competing, some of the judges, like the big guys, you could tell that they're... They're heavyweight powerlifters or bodybuilder guys. They were sort of mocking these guys like, you know, where's the men's fitness bunnies? You know, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, damn. Now, maybe I'm a hypocrite because I was just saying that the women in bikini or figure, they train their asses off and they diet hard and all that sort of thing. So maybe it's the same thing with with the men, but all I can say is it's not for me. I mean, covering up your legs you know, I mean, you got shorts on down to your knees, you know, yeah. and um, and I like Rob said, I, I, if I, that's yeah. what's popular, if that's what people keep pouring out for to support, that makes me a little sad.
1: I I I, see, I don't think so. I don't. I think they're trying to be everything to everybody so they can maximize the bodies and the seats. I really do. Like, oh, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like if you, yeah, you, and if you if you call. Everybody from the huge pool that you can, even if it's really mismatched from from division to division, you know, you just put people in the seats. And I, I but I don't think, like I say, where's you know Now this men's physique thing is in the same category as where women's bodybuilding was 15 years ago, which is how do you where's the cutoff? How lean and conditioned is too lean and conditioned? How heavy is too heavy?
0: No, Rob, you're right. I kept thinking that was almost a female-only problem. No, but you're right. The men's physique, they would have to have... They couldn't go for maximum branch Warren graininess. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking size. But they would almost have to have a certain... Um, perky sexy marketable quality right and they couldn't be scary and brutal in the kind of well, thing no, that bodies Well I mean the women
1: for. 15 20 years ago remember there was that whole hoopla where the IFB was actually trying to have meetings with the competitors to outline what they were looking for and a lot of the women at the time were having to downsize and soften up and the women were complaining because at the time I was actually at muscle, you know at MuscleMag and so forth and I was having these women even talk to me about it saying it's so subjective to have a judge say, you know, soften up your look a little bit and don't be as massive. Well, that's all well and good, but but when they keep when they, re- when they keep rewarding the women that are the most conditioned and the biggest, yeah. You know, it and even if they weren't, what is softening up too much and what is, you know, losing enough size? It just it's it's like it's like for these people that are training hard, it's like throwing a dart blindfolded at a wall, and you don't even know the dartboard's on that wall or not. Like, you have no idea what... You, you know what they're saying, but it doesn't really define
0: anything. This comes back, Rob, what it does... When you're talking about diluting the sort of the, the title, you know, of Mr. and that sort of thing. Phil and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember if you were on or not, but about numbers, right? Hard numbers. Like, what is it about bodybuilding that's sort of confusing to some people? It's the subjectivity, and like, why is this guy, like, at 212, which I like that weight class, by the way, I think it's a, it's some, it puts some realistic limits before everybody's just a box of, of cattle beef, but the the point is, uh, where do you draw the line? It opens it up to so much subjectivity, it's like, who's... <laughs> who's doing sexual favors for these some of these dirtbag judges, you know, because it, it's, how else do you choose? It, it becomes politics, it becomes favoritism, uh, and it pulls it even farther away from any argument that I've tried to make before, that, you know, listen, bodybuilding has certain criteria, you know, there is an art to it, sure there is, um, but just like there are other subjective sports, like ice skating or diving or whatever, um But what they're doing with it, like you're saying, I don't think it just dilutes the the power of the Mr. Olympia title itself, but it makes it increasingly subjective. And, you know, again, in these gradations, um, that just almost leaves it up for grabs. It makes it even less of a sport. Like, who
1: who cares to celebrate, you know, past Mr. Olympias like a Frank Zane, when a Frank Zane at his best... Would come in fifteenth in the physique division now. Like you know, it, and I'm not. That's not trashing on Frank Zane at all. You know, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm just making the point. You know, it, it's kind of it's, it's weird. You know, I also wanted to bring up this whole handing out awards thing that's just gone to just ludicrous levels at the Olympia now for supplement awards, where they oh, give yeah. them these nice trophies, and they have awards for every it's. I mean, every bloody supplement in the world, you know, and today, the, you know, the winner of the Olympia supplement for multivitamins goes too. you know, and the and the winner for the Mr. Olympia 2013 supplement award for glutamine goes too.
0: see this is just these sponsors falling over each other to grab a little limelight to. Well, I know it is my on, the, on the opportunity because I can see different awards for best arms, best calves. That's about the competitor. It's not about the corporate sponsor.
1: but and, and also, I mean, how many ways can you screw up glutamine? I mean, you know what I mean? Like how many ways can you screw up a freaking multivitamin? How many ways can you better your competitor? I mean, the only thing you can better is that, you know, it actually is what you're saying <coughs> it is, and it's not like half like sawdust. I don't know. You know, you, you'd be better at able to speak to that than I can, Lonnie. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm watching this. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like best multivitamin, best glutamine, best fucking w- best weight gainer, like I don't God, know. And all these guys cares. coming up and nobody's ca- nobody cares, you know? Like, n- like nobody cares. And if anybody who's an officially IVB is listening to this, well, first of all, we know we're banned for life, but
0: <laughs> yeah. But what what cares. are you doing with that, right? That yeah, that's corporate sponsors bringing the attention on themselves instead of on what this originally started with, which is. What's great about the physiques? Yeah, you know yes. themselves. And,
1: you know, and and there's so many great physique. You
0: know, and there's still great great physiques in there. And I just don't know who why. It's I a good know. point, Rob. I mean, here's us throwing out some criticisms, and I, there may be some listeners saying, "Well, you guys never look anything like." No, no you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, I, but I can also tell you what kind of um, professional art, like Phil's trained in art, and Phil can look at different paintings and say he likes this one or that one. He doesn't necessarily have to be able to duplicate it to be to make some comments on it, yeah. you know what I mean? But having said that, Phil Heath has an amazing physique. Don't get me wrong. Kai Green actually, I, I bitch about the cookie cutter look a lot, but Kai Green looks a little bit different from Phil Heath, actually, you yeah, know. And then but, you've got the oh, Asian yeah. guy uh, Hitadada, is that his name? Yeah, uh, Yamagishi, I think. But you know, there's there are different builds up there. Uh, and they're all freaking amazing. I mean, they're on the Olymp- Olympia stage, for Christ's sake. Yeah, so yeah you know, of course. And so like they, I say, take, take what we say with a grain of salt, people.
1: You know? It's just that you have to understand that. But Again, when you're talking about these things, you're talking about, you know, um, you're being... You have to. At this level, at that level, you have to start being very picky. My whole thing is not necessarily the, 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 the physiques that are in the competition. I mean, the bodybuilding competition of the Olympia physique. But... I don't understand the placings. I think the placings are all over the bloody place. There doesn't seem to be any consistency. You know, I, I again the judges seem to be rewarding, in my estimation, and a lot of people's estimation, the wrong attributes over other attributes that would help. You know, kind of more glorify the title. You know, as a, you know, I, I don't know. It just
0: you know, well, Rob, you, got- you know what? Let me ask Phil something here because Phil's gonna he's gonna drift into bodybuilding a little when he's done. <laughs> 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 um, is bodybuilding in an identity crisis? Do you think? I mean,
2: I think it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to figure out how to grab onto something because it's lost. It doesn't have the fans it did before. That De- most definitely. Um, you don't see a lot of people talking about bodybuilding at all anymore. I mean, aside from the, you know, the occasional. Forum or, or whatnot, but that's small. I mean, you even go on to, you know, bigger supplement company forums. And how many people are really talking about the Olympia people? Yeah. Not a lot. You know, that's a good yeah.
0: point. Amateur bodybuilding is is actually growing in a lot of pockets around the country. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, we've had Christine Giovanni and Tom Kemper and those guys from the upper Midwest, and their shows are just exploding. But I, I see your point. It's They're excited to do it themselves. Uh, yeah. But. It's not like the pros are always the, the topic of conversation in the gym, really. Like, yeah, you know, no, they're not, they're not them, the pantheon I mean, that they used to be. Oh yeah. yeah, and even them,
2: I mean, you talk to other bodybuilders and they don't... It's like the guys at the Olympia, the huge, you know, pros aren't that... It's not a topic of conversation a lot.
1: Yeah, I go to a gym where there's a <laughs> lot know? of guys that do... I mean, whether or not they, you know, would consider it to be so. You know, everybody seems... Everybody does... You know, the now traditional split body part, bodybuilding type training, if they lift weights. You know, even yeah. girls who have no idea, you know, who Jay Cutler is, that, you know, I'm doing back and biceps. Like, it's just become so, you know, just so obvious that that's what people do now when they go in the gym and they lift weights. They think in terms of chest and triceps and bicep, And that's a bodybuilding, you know, kind of construct. And yeah. I go in my gym, which is—I'm not saying it's a bodybuilding gym—but there's a ton load of people who are there who train like bodybuilders. They had no idea it was the Mister Olympia. Whereas yeah. back in our day, you know, I don't even care if you were a powerlifter and you, because I actually trained back in the day in the '80s in the gym and Gym in Toronto, and half the gym was powerlifters and not even yeah. bodybuilders. And, he, and my training partner was a powerlifter back there, not a bodybuilder. And all those guys. Damn well knew it was the Mr. Olympia, right. and a they buzz. gave, and yes. they gave a crap. Yeah. You know, the powerlifters yeah. wanted to know if Lee Haney won again. Yeah, you yeah. know, they wanted to know. They wanted to buy the new, um, whatever Rich Kaspari training video. You know, because they knew they'd watch the see the guy squatting six hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, you know, you know I what? I wonder if somehow the escalation. <laughs> and I've mentioned this before. I I see so many. um parallels with like military escalation you know you get and I think we're in the atomic age to use the analogy with bodybuilding where this quest for size in a lot of ways is over you can be so big that it's stupid and I don't just I don't mean that in a good way I mean you're so big you know at at the 280 pound to 300 pound in shape range you've separated yourself so far from the amateur ranks that you're not even a motivator anymore Uh, Frank Zane, even Arnold, radically different physiques, uh, Franco, uh, Chris Dickerson, you know, that sort of thing, almost maybe within reach. I mean, maybe you'd have to decide to get serious with your training and, you know, engage the pharmaceuticals, do whatever it takes to, you know, to do that. But at least it seemed like they were real, kind of. And I think the current lineup, I don't know if it's, like you said, Rob, maybe it is just that the glow is not there, partly because we're older. I mean... Not to blow your horn, Rob, but you and or mine, we've been backstage at a lot of Mr. Olympias in the press pits talking to these guys in their hotel rooms and that sort of stuff. And after a while, a little bit of the glow wears off. Uh, I'm not saying we're buddies with the new crop. We're not. But you know what I mean? The escalation has gotten so far, maybe it's it's just not even... um, well, I think it's also, much of a, a of a motivator. No, well.
2: uh, yeah, I agree. But and I think the split of these classes is kind of their reach to do it. But I see it just like what happened in powerlifting. It seems like a good idea that idea because they're going to get more asses in the seat. They're going to get me more people going in the time being, but they're going to tur- turn each each category into a joke, pretty much. You know what? I'm glad. It's I'm, gonna be just like having you know you go enter a powerlifting meeting, You got some guy that enters in the Submasters thirty five thirty to thirty five with blonde hair, please fire division. Yeah, single <laughs> single apply, <laughs> but only,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm glad you bring this up because I, I feel you know I, I kind of sit right in the the middle of both sports because I love both so much. You know, which is why I call myself a power bodybuilder, right? Um, it you know I, I can tell you that most of these forums, if they're not powerlifting centric forums. Powerlifting is is laughed at now by people who are, I mean, and it's laughed at in the way that powerlifters used to laugh at bodybuilding, you know, because of all these categories and guys, you know, having, you know, the three-inch range of motion bench presses with, you know, like, you know, titanium steel shirts and, I mean, it's just, it's, it's gotten, I don't know, the whole thing to me is pissing me off. And I'll, <laughs> and going back to what you're saying about drugs and guys being 280 pounds, I think a lot of this stuff is damaging to it as it trickles down into the, like just kind of like community gyms where guys are interested in putting on muscle because in my gym which I've the on past episodes have set has have said is just full of drugs. There's guys in there who are like 22 23 years old and I talk to them all the time. I just talked to a guy 3 4 days ago. He has no aspirations to lift in a competition, to pose on a stage. He doesn't have any aspirations to to make a college football team. And this guy was telling me what he was on. He was on tour. And, and I, you know, when he was telling me all this stuff, he was on Equipoise and Tremblone and Sustanon. And, and, and in my head, when he was telling me all this stuff, I'm thinking, Jesus, this guy is two or three grams in already. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. mean, two or three. You, you and me, Lonnie, ten, 10 years ago, we used to laugh, not laugh, but we used to marvel. You know, I remember you used to even, say, you used to even use the phrase, he's gramming it,
0: remember? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I would tell people when I heard that sort of thing, I'd be like, two grams? I said, you measure testosterone in milligrams, you measure protein in grams. <laughs> yeah, and these guys, I you mean, know? These,
1: these no, you know, know-nothings who are no, not going anywhere, not necessarily yeah. even because they couldn't, but just because they have no aspirations to ever do it, they never thought about it, they just want to yeah. be big and look good in a shirt in a the bar, Rob, these
0: dudes are cramming it. That's like, what Rick Collins, if, if people remember, you can go back and look at that show, you don't have to remember actually, he was talking about the, when we had uh, Rick, the lawyer on, uh, really interesting guy, and he talks about anabolics, and he was saying that that's what most, uh, you know, black market anabolics are used for. It's not people with competitive aspirations, it's purely recreational. But then you, got, you do have to wonder, why are you risking your freedom? And yeah. I, and frankly, when you're in the 2-3 gram range, you know, any argument you'd make for health is starting to fall away a little bit here. <laughs> you know, so you're risking your, your freedom and your health. So what? So you can attend <laughs> a bodybuilder, walk around the Arnold Classic with a, a gallon of distilled water and, and look buff? I mean, but the know, thing uh, is,
1: most of these guys that we're talking about,
0: they, they can't
1: lift anything. They're not impressive lifters. No, yeah, they I mean, look the like the, the, crap. Most of them. I mean, yeah, they might have that you know big testosterone bloat to them, but they look like crap. They can't lift anything. You know, I, it's it's like I, I just don't know where these guys are going with all this shit. Like, I just, yeah.
0: what were you going to say, Phil?
2: Oh no, I just I met a guy the other day that was uh, we were talking about here at the gym. He's he's juiced to the gills. He's a thirty-year-old, grown, two hundred-plus-pound man that's. You know, on all kinds of gas, and cannot lift deadlift four or five pounds. Yeah, and it's like, wh- what are you doing? You know, why? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: yeah you they know? don't look good. They're
2: not strong.
1: Yeah. they're risking their freedom. They're risking their health. They're they're they're, they're killing their bank account. You know, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, man. I just let, don't let me get back up it. a
0: minute, though are they all trying to look like well, I I, I I tend to be a little bit more libertarian with some of these things too and I don't want I know we're going to run out of time here but I mean I think people should be able to smoke cigarettes if they freaking want you know just don't yeah. smoke them around me you know yeah. it, it's the same it's a it's a similar argument here that these guys can do I think they should be able to do what they want to do I mean I know the the anabolic cigarettes yeah. control act won't allow for that but the point I is they sh- they should even if it's recreational they just they like to be a little stronger than everybody else and much bigger than everybody else, whatever it is. But it does lack a little bit of that passion or power when somebody says, oh, and I don't really the want to. Reason I don't like it. What's that?
2: If, I don't care. You take what you want. I don't care. I know tons of people. I'm very close friends with tons of people that yeah, take right. yeah. all kinds of shit. Yep.
0: Okay. And,
2: but if, if you're a grown-ass man and you can't pick up 405 pounds, Try training first. There's no no
1: way, (laughs) as you have said so many times, Phil, there's no bloody way that unless a man is unusually twinkish or or has a pre-existing medical condition or, or past injury that prevents him from doing so, there's no reason why an average man with steady, consistent, good training Shouldn't be able to pick up
2: four hundred and five freaking pounds. No. I've got there's a there is a hunt my my assistant coach, he's right on the side of this wall. He now we we bulked him up to one forty five, and he just deadlifted four sixty. Yeah. After a year, <laughs> you know
0: it's and that's with practice. But I guess that's the point: is these guys they don't they don't necessarily want to put in any type of strategic practice yeah, toward a performance like, it didn't goal. Work for God's sakes, and that's what Dave. You know, Dave Tate talked on this
2: issue, and he's like, save the crap for the guys who need it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? If you're just wrapping out 225, don't take it. Right. it. It makes it harder for these guys that actually are competing in something to get. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know? And, yeah. you know, to, to, just to break, because I know the show's going to come to an right. end soon, you know, to kind of dovetail this back to originally what we're doing is editorializing on this past Mr. Olympia. You know,. Even though, it, like, like Lonnie said, maybe it sounds like a lot of people were... Cri- it's the criticism. It's, it's precisely because, certainly Lonnie and I, I mean, Phil, to a lesser degree, but because we give a crap. Yeah. You know, because it, w- this whole show is dedicated, you know, to resistance training in all its different disciplines. Right. You know, so, talks, I, so so the very... The, 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 yeah, the whole fact that we're spending an hour of our time here not being paid Rambling about this shit means that we care, you know, and we just again, I don't know. It's you know, I still watch this, you know, I still watch this. I still want to know who won. I still, I still respect a lot of a lot of the various attributes that these guys attain and what they have to do. It's just that there's certain things like I say that I would like to see, but I mean, I guess you could say that forever. You know, but there's
0: always going to be And, and let's face it, a lot of the things that, that we loved about high level bodybuilding is that the, uh, the professional journalist played a more important role, or Weeder himself, really, in presenting this group with this, again, this pantheon of gods, you know, sort of thing. But like you said, technology in so many ways from the uh, almost ridiculous and random drug use replacing some of the purity of the training. You know, not used as a tool anymore, but, you know, as the point Uh, or the fact that amateurs, instead of trained journalists like yourself, Rob, have taken the reins and they spread this crap all over the Internet as soon before the Olympia is even done, you know, before the event's even over. Um, These kinds of things have changed the way it's presented to people. And I think that the sport, the reason for the identity crisis is because of the the technology in various forms. Communication well, technology, drug technology, a lot of this stuff is creating this identity crisis because before it was, you know, bodybuilding at this level, even at a sort of a regional or national level below the, the pros, it was almost a secret brotherhood. You know, people didn't automatically, right. they couldn't name what drugs the different guys were on. They just well, the thought is, they though, were amazing, you know. We could,
2: bodybuilding could use this age of technology for that. Sit down, define what you're looking for, and take a freaking computer program and have it make it. You know, make an actual picture. This is what we're the, a new Vitruvius man.
1: Here is the standard. Yeah, and you know what, Phil? That's a, that's a <laughs> oh, great idea. Yeah. And, and that's a great idea. But not only going that far, but going further by actually rewarding that. Yeah. So, it, 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 you know, so so it, it's back, you know, the, the results in these competitions is backing up what you're saying. Yeah. You know, don't say this is what we want and then give it to the guy who's most conditioned but has no calves and yeah. he has
0: zero That's right, shape. They, and could, they could quantify this, like, here are the measurements, and if you can't meet these measurements, maybe 30% of the total score is about leanness. You know, yeah. um, and condition, and you could well, measure that, too. I mean, you, you know, could somebody, add number of... Who
2: can things. get the closest to this, and then, sure, add in a stage presence. You know, you got to add that in.
1: You know, there somebody said something you know, great on the... Uh, posing a, routine. ...several you know. days. It's almost like they've gotten to the point where they're not looking for the best body. They're looking for the body with the least amount of flaws. And that's the wrong way of looking at it. Like, people talk about calves. Well, he doesn't have calves. Well, who gives a shit about calves, people say. Well... When you're at that level on a Mr. Olympia stage, I'm sorry, but you should give a crap about calves. You should give a crap about everything. You're looking for the best physique, you know, the best body. It, it, you know, I don't know. It just And like I say, I mean, yes, of course, not everybody, you know, even a Mr. Olympia winner is going to have every body part, the best body part over every other guy. We know that. But if you look at a guy like Lee Haney, and I think Lee Haney is a perfect example for what I'm saying here, the guy individually for di- different I- individual body parts, lots of people used to always say, you know, you know, all the parts of his body, he, he definitely has parts that are, aren't as wow as other guys in the Mr. Olympia. You know, his quads weren't like Platz's. you know, and his... Calves weren 't like you know what I'm saying, but when you looked at the totality of him, it worked, you know, and he had overall the best physique on the stage on that day yeah i don 't see that anymore. I see them rewarding you know like I say, just excessive size and conditioning, you know, but in in totality the the people who are placing higher might not necessarily been in totality as good as some guy who might have been. 10th or 12th or 15th.
0: You know, Rob, I like what Phil said about stage presence. I mean, that could include the posing routine. Because let's face it, the more charismatic, if you could somehow award like someone like Platt's, I loved that guy's build because of its imperfections. You know, I mean... Right,
2: it, right, right. You, yeah.
0: It's all relative. Your legs can only stand out that much if other things are a little bit different. Now, don't get me wrong, I think people underestimated his upper body. It was freaking nutty. But... The point being is, if you rewarded that charisma and stage presence and posing and that sort of thing, all that's going to do is be better marketing for the sport. Instead of trying to downsize and put beach shorts on all the guys, you know, and leave them with a very foggy notion of how ripped should I be or how muscular should I be, and maybe reward some, you know, the presentation more. Because let's face it, posing is all but going out the window. It's freaking striptease.
1: You know? Oh, my God, yeah, the glittery thongs have got to go. Just give me a matte color black, please. Yep. You know, that yep. doesn't... That isn't like a freaking, uh, you know, penis pouch. And I'll be Absolutely. happy. You know what I mean? Because I understand the need to be wearing, uh, you know, something skimpy like that, but at the same time, there are heterosexual men that <laughs> that want to show yep. it. We, yep. we don't want to think we're sitting and chipping Well, look with-
0: at the way... Like, go to YouTube listeners, and look at Zane in the Mr. Olympias. He walked out, it was very Olympics-like. It was very athletic. It was, there was a decorum. There was respect. And, Now I think people, they think bodybuilding is cheesier than ever because in some ways when you guys got, you know, they're gyrating around and moonwalking and and swinging their package and their little banana smuggler at you, you know, how can you take that seriously?
1: (laughs) No, I know. And and, and these are the things that kind of, you know, and then people will say, well, that's because, you know, a lot of powers that be that drive the sport, you know, are maybe gay men or whatever. I mean, but who who knows? All I know is, yeah, I... I, I, I say this because I care. You know, we we say yeah. this because we care. You know, well, and
0: I love bodybuilding. I wouldn't have devoted most of my life. The reason I got, I took the degrees that I did, and I got into what I did was because, uh, largely, of bodybuilding. You know, and there's a lot of good. It's one of those sports that you can do almost indefinitely. You might modify what you do as you age, but you can always pursue larger muscles and more leanness and shape and proportion and this ideal. It's a pursuit of perfection. Even if you're not going to reach it, or even if you're past your prime, and you know, I don't know, maybe this new m- movie, what is it, Generation Iron or whatever, yes, uh, will yes. brings bring a little taste of that back. I haven't yet to see it. We'll probably talk about it later this. And moment. it
1: is from the same, isn't the same producer that did the original Pumping Iron, I believe. It's,
0: oh? it. If
1: I'm wrong about that. I apologize, <laughs> but it certainly is. Um, yeah, there's definitely a, definitely a direct lineage from the original Pumping Iron. So, and it just premiered a week or two ago. So. Um, Generation Iron. So, if anybody hasn't seen it, and like I said, I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. So, and
0: we haven't done a contest in ages. Maybe we'll review it and we'll find some random people, uh, give them something to do on our Facebook page, and I'll, I'll buy it, and we'll send out some copies to people. I mean, if it is in fact good, if it represents the sport, you know, and then we, maybe we should promote it.
2: Anyway. Yeah, and we better cut it there, guys. We are out of
0: the hour. All right.
1: Well, you know what? This has been a, you know this has been kind of Lonnie the, the the equivalent of what you and I used to do in print. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, so um, but anyway, yeah. But it's been a good show, and, and you know what? As I always say, we like to hear from listeners. So whatever you think, if you agree with what we're saying, think we're a bunch of jackasses. Let us know. You know, because, you know, we like to hear what you guys think out there. So anybody has opinions and, uh, you know, ours are not necessarily better than other people's. It's
0: right. Right. You know, that's right. Younger guys or people who are enthused by the new crop. Hey, I'm willing to listen. Different perspectives. You know, Uh, we have a certain perspective because of the way that bodybuilding or even powerlifting was presented to us when we grew up and when we were getting into it in our 20s and 30s and beyond. And the new people are getting exposed to it differently, so it's a different perspective. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it.
2: Yeah. Have a good one, everybody. Later.
0: Iron Radio is accepting donations. For the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L O W E R Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the the state-of-the-art science, and if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys, or bone loss, or gout, or dehydration, or...